Welcome to the Raja Cordova podcast brought to you by the Raja Cordova Film Office. One of the missions here at the Raja Cordova Film Office is to organize and put on the California Capital International Documentary Film Festival that this year takes place on Saturday, September 29th and Sunday, October 1st. The film festival screens over 50 films at three screening locations over the two days. This will be the second year of the festival and this year is shaping up to be a great event. The main screening location is at Rancho Cordova City Hall where we turn the city council chambers into a movie theater. We bring in a giant screen and state-of-the-art projection and sound system. The second screen is also at Rancho Cordova City Hall in the American River Room and the third is at the new Rancho Cordova Youth Center who also have state-of-the-art screening facilities. Over the past two or three weeks, we've been talking to filmmakers whose films we are screening. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Colleen Brown, the director of Joe 238. Joe 238 deals with the sudden death of Sacramento police officer Joe Chayrez, who collapsed while making an arrest. He was rushed to UC Davis Medical Center where he tragically died of a brain aneurysm. Joe had always made it clear that if anything happened to him, he wanted all his organs to be donated. Joe 238 looks at who Joe was, his untimely death, and his father's Jess quest to keep Joe's memory alive and to bring light and awareness to organ donation and how important that is. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to Colleen about her film and I think you will enjoy hearing this story. My name is Charles Lego, and now on to the show. So Colleen, we are going to be screening your film, which I've seen and I have to say is a very sort of powerful film. Uh, it's called Joe 238. So why don't we start the show by you telling us what the film is about? Okay, the film is about a 24-year-old West Sacramento policeman. His name was Joe, and uh, he died during an arrest, and he had made the decision to be an organ donor. That's what the story is about. We follow the the father and Joe's fiance through the uh, grieving and healing process. And he he died in in the line of duty but of natural causes right he had a brain aneurysm correct and uh, did you say west sacramento or was he a sacramento police officer um well he lived in west sacramento i think he moved around a little bit yeah i think he was in the sacramento police department sacramento yeah. police department on watching the film i realized that this all this took place in roughly 2000 and here we are, 2023. Why has it taken 20, 20 plus years to tell this story? Well, uh, for one thing, I didn't pick it up until about uh, 2013, I think it was. Um, and uh, I didn't know for sure that I was even going to make a film at that point. You know, I just had decided that uh, it was something I wanted to do, but I didn't know who. I was gonna make the film about. I knew I wanted to tell the story of a donor family so that people could 
um, get that experience because it's something that's very, it's not shared very often that side of the story. Right. And actually on watching the film, I have to say that I found myself thinking, wow, you know, you hear about organ donors all the time. But you never, you know, you just hear about it and you say, oh, someone was an organ donor, but then that's it. But in your film, it really brings to life the other side of it, and that's the recipients, the people that actually benefit from whatever organs they're getting. Because you're right, you don't really hear much about it. Yeah, most films are about the recipients, and they give like three minutes to the donor family. And I did... The reverse, right. How long did it take you to make the film? What was the filming process? Oh, oh Lord. Um, well, it started, the film exact, uh, actually started um, probably when I was up in Alaska. I was taking a film class. And it was a documentary film class. And my instructor said, you know, when you make a documentary, you got to find somebody that is... Uh, very passionate about something, you know? And the first time I heard Joe's father tell the story about his son, I just kind of knew that was the story I wanted to tell because right. the father was very passionate. So this is a Sacramento story and our, you know, our film festival is the, it's called the California Capital International Documentary Film Festival. It's really the only documentary film festival in our region. Uh, we hold it in Rancho Cordova. And so it's a Sacramento story being told at a Sacramento film festival. And you are also in the Sacramento region, right? Correct. And, you know, this is going to be um, in the last two years. It, uh, it came out in 2021. Um, but this is the first time it's ever going to screen in this area. So I'm excited. Right. So let's, we'll get back to the film, but let's find out a little bit about you. So tell us about you. Who's Colleen and are you a filmmaker? Is this your first film? How, you know, just tell us about you. Well, um, I think it goes back to, I need to tell you, uh, when the idea or when, my passion, um, I found my passion for wanting to make a film was uh, the day my daughter received a heart transplant uh, was in uh, October of 1990. And uh, she was originally at UC Davis waiting, uh, but my daughter caught a virus that attacked her heart and she needed a new heart to survive. And at that point, um, organ donation was experimental. I mean, for pediatrics. Um, so, you know, no family had ever been asked if they wanted to be a donor family because for their child, because it was just so new. And um, we were waiting at Stanford and we got a call that a heart was on its way from UC Davis. And um, she was 18 months old then, and now she is 34. Wow. So she's doing really well. Wow. And the amount of gratitude that I felt that day, you know, I was, I was worried about, you know, what does this whole medical situation look like? 
back in 90. Um, what are we going to do? It's experimental. They don't know if she's going to live a year. You know, we didn't know any of that. But the, the biggest feeling I had was gratitude for this donor family. And we sent them a letter, but they never uh, got it. A thank you note. Um, and so it just, as a mom, you know, watching your daughter survive year after year, and just being so thankful. Um, I wanted to do something. Right. So I decided to make this film, make a film about another donor family in honor of Joe. Right. And then my daughter's donor, who was, his name was James. So your daughter would not have survived without this new heart? Oh, no. No. They um, they gave us maybe six weeks at the... Wow. Okay. She was born completely healthy. She just caught a cold that attacked her heart. Right. So you more than anyone know the benefit of of organ donation because it benefited you directly. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you meet Joe's family? How did you get to hear about the story? Well, um, we were in a, uh, uh, well, it's Sierra Donor Services. And um, we were at a volunteer meeting where they were teaching us how to speak and how to tell our story. And this was Jess's one of his first meetings. And he came there and he just, just opened his heart and told the story of losing his son. At that point, it was um, it was a few years. It had been a few years, but he was just um, he was just in such grief still. And um, but it was the way he talked about his son was just so beautiful. And I I just remember it very very clearly when that day he told his story. Right. And as I say, we're going to get to the film, but was this your first film or had you done other films? No, I hadn't done any other films. I think I got the film bug from my mom a little bit. She was always carrying around a camera. She didn't really know how it worked, but she filmed everything. Right. <laughs> um, and she would film like, I think what documentary, uh, one reason why I love that is, you know, she would film the things you know, most people would film their kids at plays and everything. She would film us doing just the most normal things. It was just like real life, what she was right. capturing, you know. Um, but yeah, this was my first film. I uh, started out um, taking a film class here and there, and then I ended up at um, CRC, which is in Elk Grove, and got into their film film program and I told the story uh first day of class I love the way this class is there the first day of class everybody comes and they pitch an idea and the class did two narrative stories and one documentary and you had to pitch your story and then the class voted which ones you were going to try and do that semester and I was surprised they picked me and my story so wow we had a little crew, about five, and um, we spent a lot of time at Joe's Cemetery. <laughs> and 
and interviewing the father and um, the mom and the the fiance and just we interviewed so many. We interviewed Joe's coaches from high school and extra family members. Not everything, you know, makes the film, but no, no. So I actually I have, we're in the process here of actually doing two documentaries ourselves. So one of them is about the actor Tom Sizemore, who died this past March. And I was actually his manager for, since 2010. So I knew him very, very well. And he actually died of the same thing. He died of a brain aneurysm. So we're doing, so we're doing a documentary about him. And, you know, he was a troubled guy. He had a lot of problems. They're very documented, documented. And then the other documentary is about the food locker here in Rancho Cordova. So the reason I tell you this is because I do understand that documentaries are sort of never-ending, right? You open a door, you go through that door, and that you talk to someone, and that can open another two doors, and you go through those doors and so on. It just keeps going. So how did you research it? How did you come about speaking to all the people that you did? And how did you stop? There comes a time when you say, okay, enough is enough. I have enough footage. I'm now going to button down and do this film. So tell us your process. Well, exactly. And when you've never done one before, you do, you really don't, you don't know. know. I agree. Yeah. So um, I just started out just trying to get the story together. And um, I knew one thing about Jess. I had been to the, we'll talk about it but the transplant games. And I knew that I had to include that in the film. Okay. That was just something I knew. So, so people, just so people don't get confused. So Jess is Joe's father and he's a big part of this film. And the transplant games are heavily featured in the film. And that was in Houston. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the transplant games, they're held every two years in the United States. And they had just had them. So at that point, I knew that it was going to be at least two years till I was going to go and make sure I got that part in the film. Um, but I just kept interviewing everyone that I could find. Um, I didn't know exactly where the story was going to go. I knew I wanted to talk about the family. And at one point... It just dawned on me that that I, how could I do a donor story without talking about loss? Because that's what it's about for a donor family. It's right, right. And so um, I was lucky to have a law enforcement chaplain that had kn known Joe, um, and he she knew him from the academy. She knew him from. Um, she was on site at his accident and was in the hospital afterwards. So she just became such a wonderful resource. And, and I looked at her as helping me direct the story, um, that part of healing and grieving. Uh, but I just started following everything. And some of the things that we did didn't quite make the final film, of course. Um, but we actually... We traveled to, uh, like you said, Houston. We went to um, Mexico <laughs> and we um, met up with the wife of the of Joe's heart recipient. 
and we interviewed her in Spanish because she didn't speak English. Um, I'm really sorry that part didn't end up in the film, but when we, you know, when you have to cut, right. you have to cut. Right. Um, and um, so I just kept going. And then at, at one point, Rebecca, who is the fiance, Joe's fiance, um, I didn't know what to do with her story because it was just nothing but sadness. You know, she lost the love of her life. And I didn't know where to go with that. You know, right. it was just so, so hard. So but one day she called me up and she said, guess what? <laughs> and she told me, you know, things are going better. I don't wanna I don't wanna step on the film, but No, let's go actually, let's let's actually go back. So give us a picture of Joe. Who was Joe? Because you tell that very well in the film. So tell us about Joe. Give everybody a picture of who Joe was. Joe was a handsome young man with uh, way ahead of his time. He, um, everybody just loved him because he, he cared so much about other people and he cared so much about um, giving blood was the first thing he did. He, just tried to talk his friends to do to do it and they were in high school and um then he started talking about organ donation and he started talking about <clears throat> how important it was um for his mexican community to be blood donors and organ donors um i heard so many stories about him you know i never met joe but i no. learned so much about him he would just, um, there was a friend of his was really upset about something. I think he brought her a birthday cake. <laughs> he would help out all his teachers and get all his friends to come in and help her clean her room, you know, and do things that kids just don't do that kind of stuff. You right. know, they're, they're so busy thinking about themselves and playing and having fun. But, and I, I'm sure Joe did a lot of having fun, but he always was thinking about helping others. And I think that's what, that's how he found himself in the police department because he wanted to help others that way. And it was a great fit. And from everything I've heard, he he was the poster child for right. the Sacramento. So he ultimately joined the Sacramento Police Department. And how long was he, do you know how long he was a police officer for before he died? It didn't, it, to me, it seemed maybe two or three years. Um, well, I'm not, you know what? I'm not exactly sure. That was a long time ago that I talked about those exact uh, time frames. But I know he was a rookie. He was barely out of the academy. I mean, we filmed him graduating the academy. But it was a matter of just a few weeks or months. Wow. So wow. he wasn't there, you know, not very long. Very long, but he made a an impact, a big impression. <laughs> yeah, and just so everybody, and we mentioned this, so he was um, investigating, I think, a car theft, and I think they followed the suspect to somewhere, and as they were engaging the suspect, he just didn't feel well, and he collapsed, and that out. 
Yeah, and he just collapsed, which is very tragic, really, because he was, you're right, he was a very good-looking, young, fit guy and full of life and very vibrant. Um, the other thing with your film that comes through is how good, what good people his parents are. So tell us about his parents and particularly his dad, Jess, because without Jess, I think Joe's memory probably would not be what it is today. Well, um, you know, there's people that ask me, why did you, why did you name this film Joe 238? Like, why would you do that? And I said, well, you got to meet the dad to right. understand. He wears his cap that says Joe 238 in big, letter, big numbers and letters. He's got them in all different colors. And he, he wears them everywhere. And so people come up and they say, what's Joe 238? And it gives him the chance to tell his story. Right. And uh, Joe, the 238 is his badge number. I should uh, right. make sure folks know that. Um, but he uh, was working for the Red Cross. And he was out there getting deployments when we had... Um, uh, he was uh, let's see he was at Sandy and I can't think of the top of my head he went to Missis I think some floods in Mississippi he was there yeah for that one and um, everybody would ask him what does your hat mean it's just so odd you know the 238 doesn't and they would call him Joe and he loves that because yeah. you know people don't Right. They don't compute and they, they just think, thank you, Joe, after he tells them the story. But one time, Jess is the kind of guy where um, when we go to our transplant events, like the games, when you see a crowd of people on the sidewalk on a street corner, it's usually Jess in the middle telling his story to just complete strangers. Right. And um, Teresa and we, and we see, see a lot, lot of, of that, that in, in the, the film. film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there's much more. You know, I have a daughter that does the games, but I'm telling you, following Jess around was harder than keeping track of a 10-year-old. He's just everywhere talking to everybody. And right. it's um, he just finds something that he can begin the conversation with somebody. And he's they're in main reason to talk to other parents and other adults that have gone through what he's gone through. And tell us about, and, and tell us about Joe's mother, because she has a big part in the film as well. Yeah. Teresa. She's wonderful. She's always, most of the time she's with Jess. I think um, there's, there's very little time there apart. Um, but she, at, at first, when I first met her, she was very shy. Just, you know, Jess is so open and, <laughs> and Teresa was always just very shy and reserved. But um, when we sat her down and to talk about Joe, she just lit up. And I just, I just learned how much it means to a parent to ask them about their child and listen and let them tell you about it, him or her, because 
you can just see over, I definitely saw over time all the healing that took place. Right. But she would talk about Joe. She taught him how to cook. He loved to cook. And um, he would cook for the police department sometimes. After his shift, he'd bring a little stove out there. And he learned that from his mom. And he he had no problem, you know, running up, hugging, kissing his mom, wherever they were. Um, you know, some kids are a little shy about that, but you could just tell how much he loved his mom and how much she loved him. Right. So the film, I think, it has three parts to it. It has the tragic element of Joe dying and then the grief that that brings to the family and to his fiance. And we we're going to talk about her shortly um, because that was a very unique relationship. Then it has the, the after grief when, you know, the parents were trying to find themselves and really sort of move on. And then there's the acceptance and not forget it necessarily, but the acceptance, you're right, you spend a lot of time at the cemetery. That must be the most polished headstone in whatever cemetery that is because the father was very careful with that. But then... Then, then keeping Joe's name alive by being such an advocate for the donor community. Um, so there's a there's a segment in the film where the, the Jess and Teresa decide that they're going to take a road trip, and they travel from Sacramento down to San Diego by car, stopping at police departments all the way down, and accumulating patches. You know, police. Police departments give away patches to each other and, you know, people collect those. And then with those patches, he then decided one day that he was going to become a seamstress and get into the quilt business, quilt making. So tell us a little about that, because that's a, a, a really sweet part of the film, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just want to mention when he went into all these police departments, he was going there just to thank them. Right. He just wanted to say thank you for honoring my son. Right. Um, and tell the story. But um, he started getting a lot, a lot of patches. That right. Boxes and boxes full. When he'd tell people um, at the games, they would bring patches. Two years late, you know, two years out, they would remember to bring some patches. And he started getting so many. And he just didn't know what to do with them exactly. But then, like you said, he got inspired and said, uh, felt like God was telling him they need to be displayed on a quilt. So um, he started making these quilts and I don't know how many actually he's made right now, um, but they're just beautiful quilts. They're very, very well done. He does a very good job. He's learned to be a, an excellent seamstress and by by trade he is a roofer he that's what he did for a living he was a roofer and i thought maybe that had something to do with it you know right. you look at the roof and yeah. you see all that but um so he just started making these quilts and giving them to um fallen officers who have been donors and he goes all around and he's given them to other donor families as right. well but, um, he just 
puts everything he can into these quilts. And right. No, they're beautiful. They're, they're definitely very – you show a couple of them in the film. They're very nicely done. So how many of Joe's organs were donated? Do we know? Uh, Joe had four organs that um, were donated, um, the liver, kidney, lungs, and heart. Okay. And um, what happened is, you know, uh, I have to say – that we tried, we tried to find the recipients and get all their stories and, and everything. But what happened with his heart was uh, 12 years. The man lived 12 years with his heart. The average is 10. So, you know, he, he um, made it 12. And um, the man who received his lungs had cystic fibrosis and you know, he gave this young man a f quite a few more years, but uh, he had passed away as well. And then we talked with a kidney re pancreas recipient, I believe she was. Yeah. Um, and she had lost Joe's kidney. So she had had to have another transplant. Right. So the story I just realized wasn't going to be all about Joe's recipients that people normally say, oh, and you found all his recipients. And it's it's no, it's not it's not about the recipients. It's about the donor family. But luckily, when I was at um, the games, we were able to um, find some families in connection with Jess that we told a little bit of their story. So we we let you see a little bit of the recipient side, but really I wanted to um, just stick to my guns and keep honoring the donor family. Right. Um, we try to keep these filmmaker discussions to 30 minutes because we're, you know, we're doing quite a few, so we're coming close to the end. So let's, let's just give a little tease when the film is going to be playing. So, the California Capital Documentary Film Festival takes place on October 30. I'm sorry, September 30th and October 1. And we are showing around, you know, just over 50 films, 50, 55 films. And, and those are long films, and a longer film or short films. And we group a bunch of short films together. And we're showing them over three screening locations. Two of them are the Rancho Cordova City Hall. And one is at the Rancho Cordova Youth Center. Now, your film plays on Saturday, um, September 30th, and it's at 12.45 at Rancho Cordova City Hall in the main screen right there in Council Chambers. So it's going to play on a huge screen. We basically turn Rancho Cordova Council Chambers into a movie theater. So it's a huge screen. It's, you know, it's cinematic quality. And we're really looking forward to screening the film. So let's end. How are how are Joe, uh, uh, Jess, and Teresa doing today? They're they're doing fine. Um, he's uh, got back with Sierra Donor Services, and he is now reaching out in Sacramento. He was he's been anywhere from the Bay Area up to Reading. Right. You know now he's working in Sacramento, speaking with driver's ed classes and science classes and just doing everything right and, here locally. And they still live locally. They still live in West Sacramento. Yep. 
And we haven't touched on Joe's fiance, who I have to say one of my favorite parts of the film because, she, you know, in the film she is very sad and it was very difficult for her to get over his death. And it took her a long time. One thing that really stood out to me is when she said, you know, the attention was all on the family and the parents and but you know, not very much on me. And I was grieving just as much as they were, which, you know, that really makes you think. But the film ends very happily. She had a beautiful wedding. She met someone and finally got married. She's she's doing well. Um you know, Rebecca is a very strong woman, and I hope to bring her to the to the event Greening. on Saturday. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if she's working or not, but... Is she's in Sacramento as well? She's still in Sacramento, yep. She works at a Home Depot. She works very, very hard. Um, she's just... She, she just became one of my best friends through the film, because... Right. What everybody notices about her is she spoke absolutely from her heart. She did. No, no. The film, everybody should watch this film, and they will be very impressed with Rebecca, I think. And um, you're going to be at the screening, obviously. People can meet you at the screening. We'll do a little Q&A afterwards. Yep, and I also have an officer, a uh, Sacramento police officer, who runs a... Um, a junior academy and he's going to help me with the q a good well once again the film joe 238 plays on saturday september 30th at the rancho cordova city hall main screening location which is the council chambers at 12 45 and i you know this is this is one of my favorite films in in this film festival and i'm really looking forward to meeting you at the screening and the day before. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Rancho Cordova podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Um, can I add one more thing? Of course. Um, the whole idea is this film is if you watch it, to let it be a conversation starter within your family, because that's such an important conversation you need to have. And, you know, like the tagline goes, not all death is the end of life. Right. And that's the conversation we want to start. This is absolutely not a sad film. It's a film that makes you really think. I mean, obviously it's sad, but it's not a sad film. It's actually a happy film, I think. It's a very inspirational film. And you do. You do indeed. Well, Colleen, thank you very much for joining us. And I really look forward to meeting you, not this coming weekend, but, you know, on September 30th at Rancho Cordova City Hall. So there you have it, folks. You can catch the screening of Joe 238 on Saturday, September 30th at 12.45 p.m. at the screening location in Rancho Cordova City Hall City Council Chambers. After the screening, stick around for a Q&A with the director, Colleen Brown, and Joe's father, Jess Cherez, who will talk about the film. You can find all the information about the film festival at www.calcapdocfest.org. That's C-A-L-C-A-P-D-O-C-F-E-S-T dot org. Or you can call us at 916-706-2000. That's 916 706 
2000. I hope you enjoyed today's show. My name is Charles Lego, and until next time.